I'm Reverend J. Stuart Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. In the book of Isaiah, the 61st chapter, says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The text that I just read comes from the prophetic book Isaiah. It is in this passage that the prophet gives hope to Israel who has suffered exponentially over the course of history. This passage points to the coming of the Messiah or the anointed one who would forgive sin, rescue, restore, rebuild, and rule over Israel. But then we find in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus reads from this portion of Scripture, and he tells his listening audience that the Scripture is now fulfilled in him, meaning that he is the fulfillment of their messianic expectation. So looking at these God-inspired words that came through the prophet Isaiah hundreds of years before the birth of Christ, we see language or we hear, we read language that is descriptive of the person and the ministry of this Messiah to come. Now my proposition tonight is that we must be cautioned against reducing these words to a spiritual application that neglects the practical well-being of the sacred human lives here on earth in the here and now. The text began by saying the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me, has sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor. Jesus quotes this scripture talking about himself as being sent by God the Father with and for a purpose. Now there are some people who like to reduce the words glad tidings to the poor to mean that the poor who have suffered throughout history will eventually get into heaven by the grace of God. I'm offering tonight that we must not reduce these words to a heaven-bound application while allowing our theology and our practice to dismiss the practical well-being of sacred human lives here on earth. Some folks have even gone as far as blaming the suffering of the poor on their sin. And doing that is a very convenient way to absolve them of any moral, and or spiritual responsibility to the poor. Yes, glad tidings to the poor comes through the, the good news of the great gift of forgiveness of sin, redemption, reconciliation, salvation. But glad tidings means good news. And good news for the poor is yes, salvation, but good news for the poor is also that their needs will be met with food on the table, clothes on their backs, clean water to drink, and a roof over their heads. 
For if we look to Jesus, even as Jesus walked the earth, he gave us the example as he stopped to feed the poor, to feed the hungry, to give sight to the blind and heal the sick. Yes, God desires his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, which translates to peace and justice on earth. So today, good news to the poor. Today comes not only through a salvific experience, but it also shows up in affordable housing. It also shows up with access to good food instead of trying to navigate and survive through food insecurities. The good news to the poor also shows up as being able to earn a living wage that is able to sustain one in this society. Good news for the poor also translates to having access to healthcare and education and and not being transported from city to city, country to country with no place to call home. Good news shows up and is made real. Yes, through salvation. But it's also through justice, equality, and love. Then he said that he came to heal the brokenhearted. For some people, brokenhearted describes a spiritual bankruptcy. Or it describes living in a desolation, a state of desolation that draws us away from God. And yes, God is the way to healing. God is the one who heals the brokenhearted. But I want to remind us today that in our day and age, brokenheartedness, hopelessness, helplessness, and sorrow are common to the human experience. The downcast, the desolate have hearts that are broken by way of disappointment, hurt, and suffering through sin and conditions that are imposed upon us. Hearts are broken through the senseless loss of life in times of war. Hearts are broken because of systemic racism that perpetuates racist ideas and promotes the formation of policies that exclude people from the benefits of society. So yes, hearts are broken through marginalization, discrimination, dehumanization, and exclusion. Hearts are burdened by the absence of justice. But thank God, Jesus said he came to heal the brokenhearted, to alleviate the pain and suffering that burdens the heart. The brokenheartedness that comes from sin within us and sin imposed upon us. Then he went on to say that he came to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. We know that to proclaim is to announce, to preach, to teach. And this use of the word captives, proclaim liberty, freedom to the captives has multiple applications. Yes, there are those who are captive to sin, 
and held captive to feeling separated from God's love. But there are also those sacred human lives that are held captive to poverty and the lack of justice. There are those that are held captive in darkness to addictions and dependencies. And there are those who are held captive by their poor mental wellness. Yes, there are also those who have been wrongly held captive, literally, through mass incarceration. That's right, we live in a country, in a society that has imprisoned more people than all the other prisons in the world put together. Some of those people don't belong there. But in the face of all of this spiritual and social dysfunction, Isaiah prophesied that the Messiah would come to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. He also said that he would come to announce a year of favor from the Lord and a day of vindication by our God. Some Biblical scholars would suggest that the year of the Lord's favor is another name for the year of Jubilee. It happened every 50 years or so when Israel was instructed to set slaves free and release people from their debts as well as allowing them to return to their family property. Jubilee, the celebration of freedom, is a symbol of the social and economic liberation of God's people. It is the foundation for the legitimate social, political, and economic restructuring of society. My point is that it was more than just proclaiming or talking. There were specific reorderings in society, society that made the realization of liberation possible, such as the forgiveness of debt. And I know that would work for students all over our country that are oppressed financially before they even graduate. So here's what I love about this scripture. According to Luke's account, this passage of scripture from Isaiah was read by Jesus in what has been referred to as his inaugural address within a synagogue. Jesus, quoting from the prophet Isaiah, speaks to the fulfillment of the messianic expectation of the people being fulfilled in the person of Jesus, who is announcing our liberation from suffering, both spiritually and practically. So yes, my point today is that we must be careful of putting aside our participatory role in this work towards justice, as though God will accomplish all things by a miraculous wave of his hand. No, 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 no. We are called to become more like Christ in this life. If that is our desire, therefore, we are called to cooperate with God in our role as he brings glad tidings to the poor, heals the brokenhearted, proclaims liberty to the captives and released to the prisoners and to announce a year of favor from the Lord. Now we can stand on the street corners and announce and proclaim all you want. 
But if you're not willing to yield yourself in the work towards justice, well, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. And this may sound like a lot to ask, so we can start with somewhere. We can start with acts of kindness, charity, and love. We can find ways in our communities that we can join hands and work together with people towards alleviating the suffering through various service opportunities in our communities. Let us allow the love of God that we have experienced be poured out to others in our communities. If we identify as Christians, followers of Jesus, then we are invited to be like him in all that we do. Amen. I'm Reverend J. Stuart Glover. You've been listening to Faith Talk. I would encourage you to visit the website www.reverendjstuartglover.com where you can sign up to receive email notifications. You can register as a guest for an upcoming episode. You can uh, contact me directly by email and even leave a voicemail. I appreciate your listening and joining the people around the world as we are beginning to leave a global footprint. Thank you for listening today. God bless you, and I'll see you next time.